Well, hello there, my friend, and welcome to today's episode of Seven Figure Millennials, where together, you and I are doing things differently. We are choosing, we are committing to prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships while we build a business that creates a meaningful impact in the lives of the people that we love and generate the wealth for us to design a beautiful life on our terms. And I just want to say to you, if this is your very first time listening, or if you're a seasoned listener, I appreciate you so much for being here, for taking time out of your day to to expand and grow. I'm still growing my business. You and I are growing our businesses and we're on this journey together, learning from the epic humans that I bring on the show that are making a beautiful impact in the world. And every single week I'm pulling out their best knowledge so that I can support you and myself to creating a bigger impact in the world. And today's legendary leader of impact is Mike Canings. And oh my gosh, I am so excited for this intro. So I'm going to read his bio in just a bit, but three things I want you to look out for in today's episode. Number one, how Mike made $2 million in one hour and 14 minutes. Yes, you heard that right. That's a story we talk about right in the beginning. Number two, more is not better and fewer and simpler is not necessarily less. That was a profound lesson that I learned in today's episode. So we'll unpack what that means. And number three, you're going to learn how to get paid for who you are, not what you do or what you know. Just let that sink in as well. Like what would it be like if you you could get paid for who you are, not necessarily the knowledge, uh, but rather just like you as an, as an incredible human being. So anyways, who is this incredible guy named Mike Canings? Well, here is what Tony Robbins says about him. Mike is an extraordinary man. He's brought me insights on how to reach people on the internet that are so valuable. This is a man you should deal with. Take advantage of what he has to offer. Mike is known for being a media master who knows how to help his international clients get attention, create premium brands and elevated status in days. And you'll hear us talk about this in the interview, but I didn't realize this until my good friend, Christina Wise, who was another guest on the show, introduced me to Mike. But as I dove into his work, I realized that he's actually been behind the scenes of many of the guests that have been on our show. There's uh, outside of Christina knowing him and being good, good friends with him. There's two other people that have been featured on this podcast and I've gone through and been impacted by their content as a result of Mike's work actually supporting them. So that was super cool to see. Anyways, Mike is a serial entrepreneur, investor, judge on entrepreneurs.com, elevator pitch TV show, 13-time best-selling author, co-host of the Capability Amplifier podcast with strategic coach founder Dan Sullivan, and The Big Leap with business sage and New York Times best-selling author Gay Hendricks. Mike has five business exits, two to publicly traded companies. His first digital cafe was one of the first digital marketing agencies in the world, sold to IPG, the Interpublic Group. His two SaaS companies, Traffic Geyser and Instant Customer, were sold to a publicly traded company, and his most business sale was you everywhere now to a private buyer. So I'm super excited to introduce you to a man that is making a massive impact in the world that has already made a difference in my life as a result of the people that he's impacted and uh, will now make an impact on your life. So super excited for you to listen to this interview with the one, the only Mr. Mike Canings. If you had to pick between A, making a ton of money, B, being happy, healthy, and surrounded with people you love, or C, making a meaningful impact on the world, which would you choose? The good news is that today we don't have to choose. So the question is, how can entrepreneurs like you and me, who have a vision for our lives and aren't willing to settle for anything less, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? 
You and I are on a mission to find out, and we have an incredible journey ahead of us. My name is Brandon Fong, and welcome to the 7 Bigger Millennials Podcast. Mr. Mike, the sizzle maker, Canings. Welcome to the show. Super excited to have you here, my friend. <laughs> no, it's it's totally my pleasure, Brandon. Thanks for having me, and uh, let's take it away. Absolutely. And I just want to really quickly give a shout out to our mutual friend, Christina Wise, for making this happen. Uh, she was episode of Christina. Yeah, yeah Christina's the, the bomb. And going through your content was so much fun. And I, I said to you in our initial email exchange, I'm just grateful for you for the impact that you created on some of the people that have impacted my life. So I know you played a big role in helping Justin Donald build out his stuff and Misty Lone, two other incredible humans that I love so much. So I'm super excited yeah. to introduce you to other people as, as a guy that is helped support some of the other people on the show. So this is just going to be a fun, fun journey. And we're going to go through all your entrepreneurial stuff and dive into your, your new book as well. So I thought we'd start in a, a, a super fun spot. I had listened to an incredible interview that you did on capability amplifier with Jay Abraham. And you talked about how there was uh, a moment that changed your life in your entrepreneurial career is around 2007, 2008. And you ended up making $2 million in an hour and 14 minutes. So for, would love for you to share some of the context behind this and what happened that day. Yeah. So what the, the setup for it was, I grew up in a tiny town called Eagle Lake, Minnesota, 763 people in it. My dad's barber. I'm the oldest of four kids. My parents were both, uh, they did not come from anything. My dad grew up in a very, very poor farm in Iowa. My mom was the product of a Flandering alcoholic, um, fireman and, uh, a mother who was bipolar. And, I just wanted to get out of my little town. So I taught myself how to program and I became a bit of a technical nerd. And then I got introduced to marketing. Well, if you fast forward a little bit after building and selling a business, um, I used to love reading direct response like mail. My mom would call it junk mail. And I'd, I'd subscribe to junk mail so I could read it. And one of the people I loved reading his stuff was a guy named Joe Sugarman. And he created something called JSNA, also Blue Blocker Sunglasses, and sold a billion dollars worth of sunglasses through television and direct response. And if you fast forward a few more years, I ended up meeting him because I became a marketer and started selling products online. My first information product was called the Internet Infomercial Toolkit. This is long before there was YouTube. So this is in 2003, 2004, when the product was released. And I created another product with a, a woman who was Deepak Chopra's publicist, Wayne Dyer, Neil Donald Walsh, some of the biggest names in personal development. Her name is Arielle Ford. And that product was called Everything You Should Know About Publishing, Publicity, Promotion, and Building a Platform. It's basically how famous people make money online and authors. So after years of that, I had created a another product. I had a couple partners. One was called Traffic Geyser. Another one was Instant Customer. And as time moved forward, the online launch market turned really big. So some of the biggest people in that world were Frank Kern, uh, Jeff Walker, uh, Mike Filsame, Andy Jenkins. And uh, there were a whole bunch of others. And, and we developed a product that became like the holy grail of online marketing called Main Street Marketing Machines. And the basic idea is we bundled my software tools, Traffic Geyser, Instant Customer, and we figured out how to 
help people launch their own digital marketing agencies using video and social media. And we did a launch program. And like within, it was 14 minutes after our shopping cart opened up because we had so much hype behind this. So many people were mailing us. We made a million dollars. And then um, what happened is right when I got notified that was the case, I picked up my phone. It was the very first uh, iPhone at the time. I called up my mom. My mom answered the phone and I just started crying because it was such a moment. And um, I called my mom up and I said, mom, um, and she heard me crying. She goes, what's wrong, honey? And I go, it's not what's wrong. It's what's right. And, and, and I go, we just made a million dollars in 14 minutes. And my mom was like, well, that's great, honey. You want to tell your dad? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So my mom kind of screams outside. I hear the door open up. She says, Bernie, uh, Mike's on the phone. He's got something he wants to tell you. And uh, <laughs> dad comes. He goes, what's going on, Mike? And uh, I'm like, well, just uh, made a million dollars in uh, 14 minutes, dad. And he goes, that's great. When are you coming home? Um, because I, I it's growing up in this little town, my parents just didn't care about money, celebrity, or fame. And really, that's what motivated me. It was uh I I grew up feeling like I had gone without. And so um and all they cared about was me coming home. And it really didn't dawn on me how unimportant my success and my fame was. It was they were they were interested in my happiness but they didn't care about that other stuff. And it really was a, a defining moment for me, but that launch went on to generate over $9 million over the course of uh, a week. And, and we also did an online live event that generated $3 million. It was basically, basically think of it like an extended infomercial. So it was, it was a big deal that really changed my life and it gave me an enormous amount of confidence too. It's super beautiful that the first person that you called was your mom and you got to have that conversation with with both of them and that they just wanted you home. <laughs> and I, I can picture the small town stuff because I'm from Wisconsin. So Minnesota is our, our neighbor. So I can imagine the small town Minnesota is similar to a <laughs> small town in Wisconsin. So that's super cool. I want to I wanna fast forward a few years. So let's go from that, that kind of high point. And I know you're an entrepreneur that always had so much going on. You had multiple exits and uh, you had another kind of like stop moment in in uh, a few years later. So I'd love to zoom into like June, 2012. So you're 45 years old. What goes on in your life around then? Well, I had been um, living the entrepreneurial dream, I guess, on one hand, which was um, by then I had been working with a number of celebrities. I'd done a bunch of work with Tony Robbins and a variety of other ones had a lot of financial success, business success. And um, I was on the road pretty much every weekend, traveling, speaking, and you know, I was a closing machine. You know, I was known in the business for when I went and I spoke, I'd close half a room when I'd sell products from stage. And that becomes a very addictive drug. Um, so you can just imagine, you know, at that point, we're probably close to a 15, 16 million dollar year business. And 
I was bleeding through my butt and uh, I went to the doctor and the doctor said, I don't even need to see your biopsy. This is after a colonoscopy. You got a five and a half centimeter tumor. Um, and you got to get that thing cut out of you. Or you're going to be a dead man in six months. And so when the report came back and the biopsy came back, sure as heck, I was, I was at stage three, a colorectal cancer. And I ended up going in for resectional surgery, which basically means they go in and cut out about half my colon. And then in my case, about a half of my rectum, they reattach you. And then I began a, a long journey of um, chemo and then later on 33 radiation treatments. And um, not only is that a transformational time, it is traumatic for your family. Um, my case, my wife, my 11 year old son. Um, and then I've got a business that I'm terrified is going to fall apart without me at its home. And um, it was just like one thing broke after another. It was, it was a really, really tough year, but also it forced me to slow down, pay attention to what was important. And, you know, I was on this addictive roller coaster of entrepreneurialism that so many people who aren't lucky enough, like I was to get the warning sign before it killed me. Cause it, mm. I think my behavior, my business and my lifestyle, I would have definitely killed me. I would have been a, a, um, a statistic and I'm unbelievably grateful for the learning experience too, because, you know, once you've had, um, a life threatening disease like cancer, it forces you to rethink everything. And during that time, uh, one of my best friends came in and took over the business and ran it for me, even though our, our gross profit went down, our net profit went up. And I learned the hard way that, uh, I was a bigger cause of problems in my own organization. <laughs> um, you know, it's like you need an innovator, you need a, a a front man. And then for a period of time, you don't because, you know, it's like I was just as destructive as I was beneficial. And my team needed to recover from me being in there creating constant chaos and havoc all the time. Blessing in disguise in many ways. Sometimes the best lessons come in the ugliest packages. And I love how you alluded to, you said entrepreneurship being like an, an addictive roller coaster. And, you know, as, as an entrepreneur that has been at this for a yeah. while, you've had so many different periods of reinvention, some of them forced and some not forced. And it, it seems, seems like this was just uh, a crazy wake up call for you. So I, I, I would love to dive into one more story of reinvention. And then I would love to kind of start mm -hmm. transitioning into your, your new book. So uh, another thing I saw, uh, fast forwarding just a few years again in your story is you you can you obviously recovered from the cancer which was incredible and you you went back at it and then I heard you say a line in I don't know if it was your 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 copy on your site or something else but you said something along the lines of my soul hurts um, and mm -hmm. and and you kind of had this period of wanting to recreate and uh, kind of start over again so we'd love for you to kind of zoom in on that because I think that'll kind of lead us into your next act and what you're up to these days. Sure. Well, here's what. Um... I'll contextualize it for what I've seen happens to practically everyone at some point, uh, especially founders uh, of businesses, which is we all have a hole we're trying to fill emotionally. And, and sometimes we do it through uh, relationships, sometimes with business or money or whatever, whatever our, our addiction to choice may happen to be, if that's how it manifests. 
And um, what I've seen happen to a lot of founders is they eventually suffer from what I call the dams. And the and that is um, they sell their business, they get their eight figures, and then they do nothing and die. And that's usually when they're a little bit older. The next thing they may do is become addicts. Um, so it could be drugs, alcohol. And a lot of the time, like all the people you grew up with, your closest friends, well, they're not where you are. So here you are suddenly free. You've got all this time available. You can do anything you want. And the only people who are going to spend it around you are going to be your entourage who are usually there for the party, not for you. Um, so they're going to be enablers for the addiction. Uh, the next M is moral decay, where um, if you're like a 40 or 50 year old, you're going to get some side action that could very well uh, destroy the the relationships that matter most, which are your kids, your spouse. Um and uh, and that'll end up costing you 50 to 60 percent of whatever your net worth is. You're forced to go back and, and re-earn where you are. Um, the next D could be a form of self-destruction that usually comes in the form of like people who are suddenly wealthy, feel unworthy and start to blow that money. They might invest in a lot of stupid stuff, but they'll they'll do careless things with their wealth because they, it's like the lottery. They feel unworthy, undeserving. And then the final, final S will be um, being completely stuck, which is too much money, too much time. And uh, instead of feeling or looking foolish again, they'll choose to do nothing because they're so afraid of looking bad. So they'd rather celebrate their high school touchdown pass than um, what they did 30 years later and truly reinvent themselves and have that courage. So in my particular case, I had sold uh, my software company, started another one, which at that point was called You Everywhere Now. And we had been teaching people how to write books, become best-selling authors, taught them how to speak, speak and sell, learn how to create digital products, coach and consult, and then we were media training because I had a huge studio. And on one hand, I loved aspects of it. But on the other hand, it was dependent upon lots of paid advertising. And I'm not a fan of social media. I've, I've thought it was a, 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 ba a stinky toilet for many years now. Um, but, you know, there wasn't a choice, but advertise on social, drive people to a webinar, sell them a $2,000 product, then a $5,000 experience, then a $25,000. It was this grind. And all once my marketing quit working, um, and I woke up one day and I felt trapped and, and I didn't know what to do, um, except I felt like I had to get out. And I also was like depressed and suicidal, which I've never felt that way before in my life, but I was so stuck and I didn't see a way out and I just wanted a reinvention, but it wasn't until months later I could articulate that I felt like I had outgrown who I was, what I did, why I did it, who I did it for. But I was like, what am I going to do? I've spent 30 years getting really good at direct response marketing and doing videos and digital products. And what a lot of people would say, holy cow, you've achieved unbelievable freedom and a certain amount of celebrity but I just felt broken, broken inside. And part of it was I was uh, experiencing some hormonal changes that I didn't know about. You know, it's like guys don't sit around and say, hey, here's how you feel when your testosterone starts to lower. But also I felt very 
uh, I felt like if, if I bitched about my high quality problems, which are like living in on the beach in La Jolla, California and being successful and having all this stuff, I'd be a jackass and I'm just an ungrateful ass. Um, but, um, I just got, you know, pulled together the courage and at the time I was in strategic coach and I talked to Dan Sullivan, who's one of my greatest mentors. We also do a podcast together. And I said, Dan, what do you think I should do? And he said, you should um, do something. It's called the DOS question. It's dangers, opportunities, and strengths. He says, interview 20 different entrepreneurs, ask them where they are and what they want, and um, ask them what dangers they're facing, what opportunities they have in front of them that they'd like to take advantage of that they can't. And what are their strengths? What are their superpowers? What are their unique abilities? And he said, whatever comes out of that, and don't sell them anything, okay? Which is hard for me because I love to sell stuff. I'm just a <laughs> always move and I love to create offers and help people and solve problems. And he said, just listen. And after you talk to 20 founders, you're going to know exactly what to do next. And by the time I talked to the second, I knew exactly what it was. And it hmm. took a while, but it's evolved into what I'm doing now. Love that. And so I, I know part of, I mean, it's it, Justin, I alluded to Justin Donald before, but like you're, you're taking mm -hmm. these already successful people and helping them to get massive alignment with who they are and really have a, I think I heard you use the phrase, like have a business that's not about what they do, but who they are. And like, what a, what a greater, mm -hmm. what a great gift that is to give that to the world is to help people be more of themselves and express that in the world. But the quote that I've become more and more obsessed with that comes up all the time on the show is by Michelangelo. I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free. And I just yeah. think it's so, so beautiful that we're all in this journey of leveraging the entrepreneurial experience, especially as you have a few opportunities to see a little bit more about yourself. It's like, how do you get closer to that version of you that removing away from instead of adding on top of? And so I, I love that you had that experience yourself, but now you're giving that gift to other people, which is so cool. And and kind of a, a building on that, one of the things I saw you talk about is uh, the, the biggest difference that you can make in the shortest amount of time with these people that you work with is working on their vision and upgrading their identity and their operating system mm -hmm. and creating an inspired offer. So I, I would love for you to share a little bit about this, whether it's vision, identity, operating system, inspired offer, like what why, what is it yeah. when you start having these conversations, what are you doing? Right. So I'm going to tell you what we deliver first, because that's the easiest for most people to just get right away. And I'll talk a little bit of the how we get there, because there's a framework that I've um, really figured out that just works every single time. And, you know, the way I describe it now, as I say, we create your next act, we create a business you'll love for the rest of your life that motivates and inspires you and allows you to spend all of your time in your superpower, your unique ability, your zone of genius. And um, so the best way of describing it is what I've found is if you think about it today, and if I said, okay, Brandon, I might start by asking you this simple question. Let's say if you could spend 99% of your time in your superpower, what would that be? Or answer this one of one of these two questions. What I really want to do is dot dot dot. Or the reason I'm doing what I'm doing is so that I can. So pick any one of those questions and answer it. What would the answer be? I, I had this clarity lately, but my dad sent me a picture 
a while back and it was like a, a picture of some notes that I took when I was nine years old. And it was the first time I saw my dad speak and I was taking notes and being inspired by the speakers. And I, I, re I realized that like what brings me massive amount of energy is this right now, having conversations with you mm -hmm. um, and, and people like you, the, the, the incredible people that come on my show. And so not only interviewing them, but also creating my own mastermind, leveraging the the incredible connection to the humans that I'm able to bring into my network. And like that to me is... I believe I have, I'm pretty clear in my superpowers, but, but I think that's one of them is definitely like being able to learn directly from incredible people and, and then connecting them where I see that there's exponential opportunities. Good, good. And, and ultimately I'd spend a little more time saying, so what, or what does that mean? Or what's the, what's the end goal? You know, there's always going to be a bigger reason why. Um, and sometimes the, what you do isn't about, the end result. I mean, it doesn't have to be about an end result. Sometimes the process of just dancing for dancing's sake is beautiful. Just like having conversations for conversation's sake are, are useful. But what I will then do is through, through a series of questions, all these things are dialogues, but I've found that you can take someone Maybe I'll, I'll give you one more question that I, I often sure. ask people because they say, like, is it more important to you to create impact for a lot of people or would you be happy if it was a smaller group of right fit people that you genuinely loved and felt deeply connected to? In other words, would you be happy with helping 10 or is or for some reason helping a million or 10,000 super important? I Depth with the right people is more important to me. Great, great. So, so that brings to um, everything's about the money, but nothing's about the money. So let's just take that off the table right now. This isn't about the money, but I'm going to ask a money question, which is, do you know the fastest way to make a billion dollars? I read your book, so I feel like I know the answer. So I can I can give okay. the actual answer. Or I could cheat. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, could, I could sell one person a billion dollar offer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's what it is. It's sell one person a billion dollar offer or help a billionaire make 10. And for them, they'll pay you a, a, a billion dollars. So um, because sometimes people get lost in the, well, I need to sell something and da, da, da. They start thinking about how many things they have to sell to make a billion dollars. And it's like, no, sell one thing to one person and create that much value. And if you live in that mindset, it really changes um, what you're going to do from a value and an impact perspective. Um, so basically what the end result is, what I've found, and I love time compression. I have a short attention span, so I'm really good at doing something with a hard deadline. And I found that my my attention span at, for projects is usually around like a week. So mm -hmm. what we started doing are these three-day workshops. They're like a one-on-one one -on -one experience where I've got a really, really good team we get together and we sit down and really explore where you want to go, what you want to do. And we produce a brand and I'll give you a real life example. Cause you already mentioned Justin Donald. So we created a brand called the lifestyle investor for Justin Donald. Now I met him in Fiji. We had a really good dialogue and I learned that he had a unique ability, which is how to find really good deals, de-risk them, invest in them by negotiating some really interesting terms and producing passive income, equity, 
and some sort of long-term growth and value for both parties. And, um, but he had never done, he had, before that he was a Cutco knife salesman. And uh, this is something he had done for himself and talked to other people, but he had never really taught it before. And after a little bit of dialogue, it became clear, like he wanted to go out there. He wanted to reach a larger audience. He wanted a following. And um, we built this brand, the Lifestyle Investor, and it consists of these components. So these are the common threads that you need to create a high value, strong personal brand or a new business or enhance an existing one. So the first is what we call a category of one brand, something unique where you can genuinely say I'm the best in the world at what I do. So we created the lifestyle investor, which is kind of like a business category. And this has a great promise. It's the 10 commandments of cash flow investing for passive income and financial freedom. What we promise is financial freedom and passive income. Who doesn't want that, right? I do, you do, anyone does. You know, how do you create a, a, a life where you don't have to work anymore because your investments are producing enough cash flow to pay for your lifestyle? Um, and then a great offer. Now, for Justin, we created a $250,000 one on one offer where he'd work with you for a year, expose you to great deals, and coach you on how to find and source your own, but also to negotiate like he does. And, um, Justin sources, he reviews dozens, if not as close to a hundred deals a month. Like he's really got a system for this because he's got a great team, but he also has a mastermind, $50,000, and he will syndicate deals. He's going to put two to four deals in front of you a month that you can invest in that have some very, very good terms. So the next thing you need though, is like up till this point, no one had ever heard of Justin he had no footprint. If you search for him, he didn't exist. So we had to create a platform and we had to prove he was who he was. So I write for Entrepreneur Forbes and Fast Company magazine. So I wrote about him. I coined the phrase and uh, it's actually across the top. I said, Justin Donald is the investment world's new Warren Buffett. I published that in Entrepreneur magazine. Well, now he's got a killer quote that he can have for the rest of his life. And from there, we built and created the Ten Commandments, which then became the book, right? So together, we wrote about 65% of the book until we passed it along to um, a ghostwriter who finished it up. So the book's published. Then he started getting on a bunch of podcasts. He started on mine, but he went to a bunch of others telling his story. And then uh, we created more momentum. So you want to have thought leadership. You need contents, articles a great website um, and stuff to overcome objections. So ultimately there's about seven components, seven things that every brand needs in order to be legit and real. And that ends up, what I like to say to people is I can invent a brand that fits inside your unique ability, your zone of genius or superpower we can create a killer offer and a beautiful keynote or PowerPoint presentation that looks professional. We can create the articles and content, and then we can practice or role play you performing your pitch, whether you're doing it a one-on-one -on -one or on a webinar or in a podcast or an interview or whatever. And we can reach out to audiences, groups, relationships you have. In Justin's case, he started networking and with a bunch of people that knew him and trusted him and liked him. And he just started talking about his mastermind. 
But to get comfortable and increases courage and confidence, what we do is we sit down. I always take people in my studio and it's like, you've got the deck. We've practiced an interview. And I say right now, Justin, you are the lifestyle investor. And I want you to present as though we're presenting in front of four or five or 10 perfect fit prospects who could become your client tomorrow, pay you your first $250,000 or $50,000. Three, two, one, we turn on the cameras and boom, we're in the studio. He's sitting over there across from me. I'm talking to camera and we're having a dialogue. And when the camera turns on, you will adopt a new identity. It's amazing how it works. And especially when you feel like you look good and your confidence and your courage comes from packaging and positioning and that new sense of self that can be encouraged and built with a few dialogues. It's just practice. And then like up until then, Justin had never been on camera before. He certainly wasn't confident but I just said, I believe in you and I trust in you. And I don't work with anyone that I can't genuinely say that to. And my God, he just became the lifestyle investor at that moment. And we literally invented the 10 commandments of lifestyle investing before that, but he had the bullets in front of him. We talked about some investments he had made. And all I did is ask him to tell some stories. And that little bit of momentum created a brand that went from zero to, you know, I mean, his net worth has skyrocketed since we started working together, but he's making millions and millions of dollars right now doing what he loves to do. Hey, Brandon here. I hope you are enjoying this absolutely incredible episode with my friend, Mike Canings. I wanted to pause for just a second to encourage you to actually go check out Mike's podcast. The podcast is called The Big Leap and he co-hosts it with Gay Hendricks. And Gay is actually the author of a book called The Big Leap. And Mike introduced me to Gay after we recorded this episode. And Gay is a sage. He is absolutely brilliant. And the fact that Mike and Gay have a podcast together, it just makes it one of my favorite podcasts that I had the opportunity to listen to. And there are not that many podcasts that I subscribe to and listen to. And this is absolutely one of them. So I just wanted to encourage you to take a second right now go subscribe to The Big Leap and I would encourage you to go listen to the episode that's called Five Steps to Finding and Staying in Your Zone of Genius. That was one of my favorites. So again, go check out The Big Leap with Mike Canings and Gay Hendricks and go listen to Five Steps to Finding and Staying in Your Zone of Genius. And now back to this incredible interview with Mike. So incredible. There's so much gold that you just dropped that we we literally don't have time to unpack. But if anybody's interested in going and listening to the episode I, would, I did with Justin, that was episode number 70. And The Lifestyle Investor is an incredible oh, book. Great. And he's, he's, he's a rock star. So I want to dive into so many different components of what you just revealed that you did, because mm -hmm. I think that anybody listening right now is excited about being able to do some of that. But I, I want to ask a question before we get there. And this is something I've been excited to ask you about, because I've been studying lots of mm -hmm. Dan Kennedy lately, and he talks a lot about like personality driven marketing, right? And Joe Polish yeah. talks about the, the dancing bear syndrome. When you are the, the, the person that's in front that you built a brand in a category of one around yourself, if the bear stops dancing and you're at a, a, a mm -hmm. circus or whatever, the, you stop getting paid. So how do you view building a personal brand and wanting to build a company that can eventually potentially exit and scale? And how do you delineate that yeah. between having your own personality that, that drives it? Great. That's an awesome question. Here's what I, I, I say. So there's two ways of looking at this, which is, like in my particular case, 
I've had the company, I've had the scale, I've had the employees and I hate it. Like I hate it. I don't, scaling is hell to me and employees are hell in general. I've got a great team. I love them, but I like small teams. I'm like Delta Force, Strike Force. And the way my business scales is I build the business. That's like upfront. It's a, it's a investment by the founder, but then they invariably say, well, what are we going to do next? And I'll be like, well, I will get involved as an advisor. I'll continue coaching and working with you and start building this. Um, but that's when I usually take a, uh, a royalty or a percentage of sales plus some equity. All right. So that's my mechanism for scale is by working with a few right fit people that I feel like they're in the scaling mode and who love that kind of thing. I know people who love scaling, not me. Okay. I'm good at what I'm good at. But then the other one, I'll give you another example of a guy I worked with. His name's Chuck Boyce. He had just, he was in the process of selling his business. He came to me and said, I need to do something next. Idle hands do the devil's work. So we did a little bit of brainstorming and we created a new company called Datamoo. Short version, we created as the brand, the sales presentation, the deck, the offer. I introduced them to a guy and they went out and closed a $35 million deal like right away. And while we were together, he was closing on selling his business and was getting the wire transfer. I mean, it was like, that's how tight this thing was. And now Chuck's got a business that will probably do $100 million in sales before a year is done. And it's in the data space, okay? Um, and it won't need him. He'll He's accepted the role as CEO for a few months. And he's on the road right now because he's got enough sales to finance his dream and he says i'd rather be a visionary and create more stuff he and i like making stuff together well, i'd like to create another business with them too um so elon musk i believe even though he gets a lot of crap in the media at this moment he will be the first trillion dollar personal brand if steve jobs hadn't died he would have been the first trillion dollar personal brand apple's the most valuable company in the world and it's because the the DNA of Steve Jobs is injected into the company. Um, Tim Cook is as interesting as chalk. Okay, that guy's got the personality of a sponge, <laughs> most boring, uninteresting man in the world. But the DNA is great, and Apple's the most valuable company in the world. Um, so, anytime you have a founder with a strong B two C brand it multiplies the value of the products, the services, the messages that that business creates long after they're gone. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think any, all we should all have a strong personal brand, no matter who you are, because it makes everything you do more valuable and learning how to speak and present and communicate effectively will always increase the value of anything you touch. And some people aren't cut out like me to run a big company. Now, I would rather create 10 with 10 incredible founders who I genuinely love. Like I I travel with my clients. I love them as human beings. You know, like my one of my rules is besides the no a-hole rule is if my wife if I don't think my wife's going to genuinely like you and enjoy dinner with you, I don't want to work with you. You know, it's like I got to live with that woman a lot more and I got to live with you, you know, and, um, and I don't need the money. I do it because I love it now. So I got to love the person and love the, the vision that we create together to be able to dance 
And um, and I'm good with that. I don't need more stuff. I live in a pretty ordinary house. I got a nice car, you know, that's kind of a little dream car. But, man, I don't need more stuff. I don't care about it. There's so so from so what I'm hearing is that your personal brand amplifies whatever other ventures you could possibly create. And so there's there's no wrong move in investing in creating a category of one for yourself. And even though that the the name is your name, it it it's an amplifier for anything else that you're doing. So I, I think that's that's incredible. Yeah. yeah I'll give you one so, tiny other example yeah. if if I can. I'll take like 30 seconds. So I'm in the board of a couple companies. And uh, one of them is a company that it's called Soltech Health. Um, and they have a device that helps you fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer, and um, go into delta state, which is where your body does all of its healing. And we eventually lose our ability to be in delta as, as we age. And part of the, what they have is a little device you wear on your wrist that captures data at a lot more detail than like an aura ring or an Apple watch can. You're gathering the almost the equivalent of a full $4,000 a night sleep study. That's how detailed data. So right now I'm connecting the founder with potential investors for the business. Okay. Well, I've got a platform. So for me, it's easy to reach out and say, I got a great person you need to meet a company that I invested in and I'm on the board of, and I really believe in it and I'm using it. And I could show you hard data about how since I started using this, I sleep 12% better than before I began. And I'm already a good sleeper. Like I sleep eight hours, nine hours a night. Um, so having this means everything I touch is, is multiplied. Um, and, you know, tomorrow I could be broke and broken with nothing more than a laptop or a cell phone, be in Thailand. And I know I could create an offer and a presentation and make a million dollars in a hundred days with nothing. Okay. Cause I've got a platform, but um, you can also start from nothing and build a brand and build a great deck. And as long as you're real and you've got, you know, you got to have some, you know, you're not going to be like an 18 year old punk with nothing and create a million dollar brand. But if you've got some experience, something that's leverageable, you absolutely can. So that probably took longer than a minute, but that's the, uh, the value. No, it's so it's so brilliant, and, and I want to keep building on the example that you gave for Justin because you alluded to so many different things. The, I, I heard so many things that you just said, but the, the first one in that example you gave was essentially you created that package of one, the sizzle, you know, the thing that you're really good at, and then you once you had the sizzle, you went and sold the sizzle, and you got him featured on the media and that positioned him in a certain way. So I want to I want to kind of zoom into those two components for anyone listening that would be like, okay, I don't have. Uh, a Mike Canning sitting next to me right now to listen to that. Although you could pick up the book, which would absolutely definitely help you on that. But let's talk mm -hmm. about, let's talk about that component of uh, creating that positioning for yourself. So I know you focus so much on creating a brand that's in alignment with your unique ability, your core values. So what are some of the ways that you would encourage someone to get clear on their, their vision, their core values, and then package that in a way that then we can take to the media and that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, so I'll just go through the framework. It's in the book, uh, your next act, but um, there's six stages, six steps. So uh, it's mindset, market, model, message, media, and then multiplier. So mindset are your not your core non-negotiable values. 
Um, oftentimes people say, Hey, what's your avatar? That'll determine all the rest. But I'd say, first of all, you got to start with you because you could have the greatest marker in the world and it doesn't mean you like them and your brand's got to love them. It's got to stand for something. So, uh, and one of Apple's core values is think different. Okay. That, that was created a long time ago. And, um, Apple managed to create premium brands and charge a lot more money for products that you could get a functional equivalent of. Now, I happen to believe that the user experience is considerably better overall, but um, that aside, what defines your company culture and who you attract are your core values, what you stand for, what you hate, what you love, what you mean to someone. And those have to be expressed and communicated some way. And those, that's the go, no go. So I've got a few really simple core values that I live by that are non-negotiables for me. And uh, every brand, every uh, whether it's a product brand, a scalable brand, brand that it lifts, lives outside of the founder has, as well as your own. And then the market are the demographic, psychographic, you know, income, zip code, et cetera, et cetera. That would effectively be your avatar. The third is the model, which is what you promise to deliver. You know, it's your brand promise, how you get paid. And um, we'll call it your offer for all practical purposes, right? And also the way you fulfill on that, whether it's a software as service product or a mastermind like you might have or whatever, whatever. And then the message is the story and it's created in such a way that it appeals to the values of the potential candidate. It speaks to the demographic psychographic and it describes the promise that you want to deliver. So, you know, if you're in Brandon Fong's mastermind, you're going to promise that there's going to be certain types of people in the room. In other words, they've got shared common values. They believe certain things together. They're in alignment like any good marriage. And chances are you're going to fit into a certain avatar box and they all know they're going to get amazing experiences with amazing people and they they have something they can expect and you've made a promise in terms of what the deliverable will be okay that message is the story the multiplier is where those messages show up now you've got a podcast that's one multiplier maybe you'll want to have a book maybe you'll want to be uh published in a couple of magazine articles or whatever but it's just channel marketing and then uh, rather the media, that was media. I totally jacked that up. The media are the, are the wares. The multipliers are strategies and tactics to get it out there. So I've got about 40 that I've um, curated over the past. So one of my favorites that I use, I call it a referral party. Um, and it's a way to create referrals by scheduling one hour meetings with someone. And it'd be like, if you and I did it right now, I'd say, Hey, Brandon, I want you to tell me what your offer is and who you want to attract. And I want to learn more about your, your values, what's important. And what I'll do is look through my connections and see if there's someone that I could introduce you to that would be a perfect candidate either for your podcast or maybe for your, your mastermind. Okay. So we'd, while we talk about it, I would make a list as I li as I listen, and then together we'd make a short video, and I'd say, you know, I'd record just like we are right now. Hey, Bill, this is Brandon, and he's a he's the best in the world at XYZ. I think you guys should connect, and I think you'd be a perfect candidate for whatever. Okay, and I maybe create a generic one, 
And then in real time, I'd make introductions. Well, and then you might well, say, after you listen to it, you'd be like, shoot, I know a couple of people who'd be a perfect fit for their next act. Let me introduce them. So we could do the same thing. Well, we're doing that in real time over the course of an hour. Like I did one today with a good friend of mine named Justin Breen, who's one of the best in the world at getting media attention. He has a very unique way of creating PR and publicity. Um, he might be a great interview, in fact. And um, so I was interview introducing him to about 10 people today. And in real time, he's getting responses and he's blown away. He's like, holy crap, I can't believe it. And you literally, if you've got a high ticket offer and you've got good relationships and decent reputation, you don't need any marketing. Screw, you know, social media, forget <laughs> funnels. You can do it all with, with uh, referral parties. So um, that's basically, uh, that's, that's an example of a multiplier. And I've, I've got 39 more like that. So, that's you know, when I'm working so with much people, gold. that's my promise. Yeah. I, I love it. And I, I actually listened to that episode too, the one with, with uh, Justin and some of the, his knowledge mm. on packaging uh, information for the media was brilliant. So I would encourage anyone to to listen to that episode as well. Yeah. So um, so you, you talk about all these different multipliers, right? I, I want to kind of zoom in on one of the mm -hmm. different, when you talked about the model, um, you talked about, there's like several really high value ways that people could immediately start to get some results. And, and one of the things that is a very simple way that I think you've kind of already alluded to, and it's just to increase your prices. <laughs> uh, so I know it's a really simple yeah. thing, but we'd love for you to share maybe some of the insights that you've gotten about just helping people charge more. <clears throat> okay. Well, um, so I have a, a belief and one of my goals whenever I work with someone is I want to create an offer that's 10 times higher than anything you've ever done before. Part of it's because mm -hmm. it creates a lot of discomfort in most people. They're not used to asking for more. They're not used to valuing themselves. And it reveals where the cracks in your self-esteem are that permeate into your business or your brand. Okay, so mm -hmm. when when businesses struggle with not being able to communicate with higher ticket, higher value prospects and customers. And um, they struggle to ask for more. So they immediately charge less, they go to discounting or whatever. Um, that's usually because the founder's own self-esteem has infected the organization, right? Um, it always is. And and also we we project and we 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 have to always test what the value of something is. So if I work, for example, um, with someone, and I'm gonna when I say I, I'm gonna say all of us, meaning anyone listening to this right now. So that there's an old term throwing uh, pearls after swine. And that is if you're talking to someone whose brain is broke and broken, they've got um they're poor, they're poverty conscious um, versus communicating an idea to someone who's had a coach for 10 years. They have a history of implementing. They uh, give first, they partner, and they're not in a, a place where they they lack what Dan Sullivan calls cash confidence. In other words, they're they're not worried about survival. Um, so you can give them an idea and 
the first person, the poor person, wouldn't they're they're so worried about making money and surviving they can't do anything with that idea you give the same idea to someone with resources and time who isn't living in a place of fear and they could make a million dollars or 10 million dollars from it and i know that because i've done it before you know so um part of the way that you increase your prices is really understanding how your product or service can create a multiplier effect in someone else's life and, um, you know, one idea, one product, one action could be worth nothing to someone who thinks poorly, and it can be worth millions or tens of millions to, to someone who doesn't. And I have a belief, which is sell super expensive things to super successful, wealthy people. And uh, if you work with a broken, broken, you will soon be broken, broken too. You're better off. Um, supporting a charity to serve the broken, broken, then you are trying to serve them inside of a business. And that sometimes rubs people the wrong way. But if you spend any time with anyone who's ever been successful before, you'll find that to be true. Um, and the chance you're ever going to be able to sell a million things to a million people, statistically, that's impossible. You know, it's very, very rare. Um, so you're better off selling fewer to less with a simpler business model. Mm -hmm. And um, so I that's the broad way of answering this. But I mean, if I could get into a zillion different tactics on how to do it, sometimes it's just tell a better story. Yeah. It's uh, I one of the things I had highlighted with exclamation marks in in from reading the book was simpler and fewer doesn't mean less. Read that over and over mm -hmm. again. This one idea can change your life and business for for the better. I wish I had understood and implemented this sooner. And so this is just uh, I think I would encourage anyone to skip back uh, uh, and just really just let what Mike said sink in <laughs> because I think that it's it's really sexy these or it's it's portrayed in the media how sexy it is to have this this massive and complex business when in reality it might bring a lot more fulfillment and happiness to you to serve at, at the highest level people to just people that um you you absolutely love and adore, which is absolutely incredible. So Mike, I, I want to mm. be respectful of your time. Our time is absolutely flown. Uh so I have one quick question that I love to ask guests at the end sure. and then we can wrap things up. Do you have enough time for that last one? Cool. Of course. So Mike, I would love to know what happiness means to you today. Just your, you, you've gone through maybe many different definitions of it, but what does happiness mean to you today? Mm. So my happiest moments have been, I love taking my wife on simple dates to our little neighborhood uh, bar and grill and having a, a glass of wine with her and listening to her talk about her day and reminding myself to listen and just pay attention. Um, so the simplest things are, are really meaningful to me. It's just sitting down with her and having an interesting conversation. I'm married to a very interesting woman with a very interesting mind, and I've never been bored in 22 years with her. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say there's that, and then there's a, a connected one, which is I get to live in my superpower every day. I'm well paid for it. I get to invent businesses with people I genuinely love and collaborate in creating brands that really light them up and make them feel seen and heard and appreciated. 
And I always dreamed of that. I just didn't know how to make it happen. And I don't have regrets about this, but I, you know, I'm 56 years old right now. It took me a long time to arrive mentally in a place where I could do this one-on-one -on -one work and not feel like I'm missing out. In other words, I thought that affecting a lot of people and working with tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people was where I was going to get my joy and my happiness, only to find that a simple model with very few moving parts and a tiny team really makes me feel um, useful and relevant and impactful. So th that's, I don't know which one of those is the most happy, but it's being able to just create with collaborative great minds and invent something that maybe hasn't been invented before. I love that you ended there because that's exactly where we started. That that very first question I asked you about that that moment where you sold stuff, you called your mom and your your parents were just like, "Sweet, when are you coming home?" <laughs> and and you know, yeah. it's just it's just those those are the moments that are actually what we're we're building for. And I love that you not only have found a way to be in alignment for yourself, but that's the gift that you're giving other mm. people. And like I said earlier, uh, I saw the angel in the marble, and I carved until I set him free. And I think that's so such a beautiful gift yeah. and uh, a, the journey that we're all on. And as Dan, I think I heard Dan Sullivan say on some, something I was listening to, it's just like, there's no end to this, right? There's always another evolution to it. And the joy is is finding that next level. So Mike, this has been an absolute blast. I just really want to quickly have a, mm. actually, before I have a conversation with uh, our audience and, and say goodbye, where can people find out all the stuff that you're up to? So obviously go check out the book, MikeCannings.com. Yeah. Where, where do you want to send people? Yeah, well, um, here's, I'll give, I'll give your all your viewers and listeners, you can actually have a copy of the book for free and just go over to mikekanigs.com slash free. If you can't spell my name, it's paidforlife.com slash free and you can get it there and um, drop me in, drop me a message after you get it. Tell me a little bit about you. Um, every, every time I get someone requesting the book, I always look you up. Um, I, I love paying attention to who is interested in this and um and then subscribe to my podcast with Dan Sullivan. It's called Capability Amplifier or The Big Leap with, with Gay Hendricks. They're both incredibly wise, fascinating, um, rare human beings. Just um, I love I love grandpas and, and they remind me of grandpas. You know, they're just uh, such fascinating people. You'll learn yeah, a lot from I, them yeah. listening to them. And I'll I'll just put an exclamation mark on that. Like I, I, I never listened to capability amplifier until, you know, we kind of reconnected. I knew this was coming up and I am just freaking addicted. Like, like listening to you and Dan oh. go back and forth. It's, it's, it's so fun. So would highly recommend anybody go check that out. And uh, if you can't wait, you really don't want to go to the show notes. Canings is K O E N I G S. So that's Mike Canings.com slash free. If you want to grab the book. And like I said, I want to have a conversation with you really quickly. And I want to say you could be listening to any other podcast and you chose to click on this episode with Mike mm. and man, you have been on an incredible ride. And I just want to 
thank you so deeply for being here, for hanging out with us, for, for being with us to the very end. And I just have one favor to ask. And that is if you've heard something today that touched you or whether it was Mike's crazy journey of overcoming cancer and really just finding alignment for himself and the, the gifts that he gives to his audience, maybe it was something like that, or maybe it was something that he talked about messaging or creating a category of one. These are all things that can absolutely transform someone's life. So it would make my day. It would make Mike's day. If you share this with someone, not only could it make an impact, but uh, it'll put a smile on both of our faces. So I appreciate you so much for listening. Mike, thank you so much for coming today, my friend. I appreciate you so much and we'll talk to you soon.